You're listening to. Whoa! Welcome back to Books and Boba, a book club and podcast featuring books by Asian and Asian American authors. My name is Marvin Yue. And I'm Rira Yu. And it's time for our mid-month news update where we bring you the latest new releases and book news in Asian American literature. I'm surprised that Rira had time to put together our uh, monthly list, seeing that she's been down in her Olympics hole for the last week. Let's be honest. I did not sleep last night. <laughs> <laughs> I pulled a, a college Red Bull, pretty much, and just... <laughs> Uh, decided to do it all at 2 a.m. because I was that dedicated. <laughs> to the figure skaters. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, full disclosure, Rira is so into figure skating that she doesn't even watch the primetime feed of NBC. She no. goes and watches like... The, you're watching the, the BBC feed or the... I'm watching the British Eurosport uh, feed. and Because they, they don't skip people. They don't skip... Well, they they go live like two hours in. Mm. But um, bef- like within the first hour, I watch it on the Russian stream. Oh. Because that's like the only option I have. So you watch every single one, not just like the last group, which is usually no. what NBC shows. Yeah. Right? Well, NBC, like, NBC showed like no one. Like... <laughs> I wasn't watching it on um, NBC last night when the pairs were going for their long program. Mm. And on Twitter, like everyone was complaining about NBC. They're like, <laughs> they're like, are they really not going to show like the top five figure skaters? Like that doesn't make sense at all. But um, yeah, it's been a very exciting week. Like yesterday was uh, Valentine's Day, right? Yeah. And uh, usually um, my boyfriend and I go out to dinner. But I said, no, figure skating's at <laughs> night, so we have to do this during the day. So we had, like, a Valentine's Day That's lunch. Sweet. <laughs> this is like This has been, like, the convergence of everything all in one week. It's not only the Winter Olympics. It's also Valentine's Day week and Lunar New York week. Oh, that's right. Lunar so, New like, Year is, like, tomorrow? It's tomorrow, but we celebrate it tonight because, you know, it's New Year's Eve. Oh, that's right. And I feel like, I don't, so I don't know if Koreans really do the Lunar New Year. I know, I know uh, you guys are more into the Autumn Festival. It's yeah, I mean, I mean festival, we right? do, but Korean Americans, not so much. Yeah. I think Chinese, for Chinese people, the Spring Festival is the big one. And yeah, so I have that stuff going on too. It's like, oh, I can't, like, I have literally three things to do every night. Yeah, that I can't get. To. I heard I heard a bit of you and Minji like watching the opening ceremony on the oh, yeah. collab. On our clock, we, we recorded our clock us during the. Uh, I was opening like, ceremony. wait, isn't the opening ceremony at three a.m.? Like, how late are they staying at the office? Oh. Or was it a pre-recorded? Uh, it was the video? prime time um, feed, so start the one that started at five p.m. Oh, okay. Yeah. So it wasn't live. The it live, wasn't the live, live. Was three a.m. And I was, yeah, I, mean, I was everyone, really shocked. Everyone was already like talking about the Tonga Man. Yeah, yeah. Um, we were watching. We were watching NBC talk t- about Korean culture and how Koreans look up to Japan. I heard about that. And <laughs> yeah, that yeah. And the wonderful rendition of Ariran. There are other songs. Why do they always sing that for like cultural? I mean, it's shows. the most Korean of Korean songs, though, isn't it? I don't know. Maybe the national anthem. <laughs> 
Uh, this has been your Books and Boba Olympics update. Sorry, um, join we, us next we time. We had to talk about it before we, we got Join started. us next time. For Rira is really excited about men's the men's event tonight. It's the most exciting part of the Olympics, who in are my you, opinion. Who are you rooting for? Um, I have so many favorites. Uh, among them is uh, Yuzuru Hanyu uh, of Japan, Shoma Uno of Japan, Nathan Chen. Um, the Darth Vader of figure skating? <laughs> no, he's not the Darth Vader of figure skating. I don't know who gave him that nickname, but it's a misnomer. <laughs> uh, Cha Jun-hwan of Korea, Boyang Jin of China, Javier of Spain. Yeah, the list goes on and on and on. No, I never put on this list. Um, I mean, he's a great skater. Not like in my top. Not five. a fave. Not, not in my top five though. <laughs> I'll cheer for him, but I feel but like not next, in my top five. I feel like in four years we should just let's just do like a Olympics podcast featuring Rivers commentary. <laughs> No, that's that, that's just me screaming a lot and <laughs> shouting and being like under rotation. <laughs> uh, were you excited for that um, Japanese pair that did the uh, Yuri on Ice theme? Mm, it was a it was, was a little pandering for it you. It was a cute gesture, and I'm glad that they did it. But I didn't like their program. Oh no! Yeah, I didn't like their step step routine. See, Rira is a true like not not even enthusiast. I would say a fanatic. Is the correct no, word. No, like if I was a fanatic, I would know how the scoring works, but <laughs> it's really complicated and I'm really bad at math, so uh, I, I don't tally up the points when people skate. Right. Anyway, <laughs> moving on to new releases. Yeah, um, just a quick reminder, our February book club pick is Everyone's Everybody's an Alien Everybody's an Alien When You're an Alien Too by Jomney Sun. Um, it's a really cute picture book. Um, I'm up, I'm halfway through it and it's been enjoying it so far. It's just a quick, it's a quick and easy read. Um, hopefully you all are enjoying it too. And stay tuned for our um, end of month discussion on the book. I'm excited to talk about all the cute little animals. And as always, you can discuss the books that we read at Books of Boba at, on our Goodreads group um, in the forums. Uh, so just go to goodreads.com and join the Books and Boba group. And we'd love to hear your thoughts on um, this month's book. Um, and on that note, let's get to the new releases of February 2018. Uh, first up is Down and Across by Arvin Amadi, released on February 6th, published by Viking Books for Young Readers. 16-year-old Scott Ferdowsi has a track record of quitting. With college applications looming, his parents pressure him to get serious and settle on a career path like engineering or medicine. Desperate for help, he sneaks off to Washington, D.C. to seek guidance from a famous professor who specializes in grit, the psychology of success. But once he meets Fiora Buchanan, a ballsy college student whose life ambition is to write crossword puzzles— Scott finds himself on an adventure that opens his eyes to fundamental truths about who he is and who he wants to be. Um, so the main character is Iranian-American, uh, as is the author. And uh, there is this really great interview with uh, uh, Arvin Amadi and uh, the Hate You Give author Angie Thomas. Mm -hmm. And uh, he was just talking about how when he was writing the book in like the first or second draft, the main character was like half Indian, half white. Right. Until right, like right. Uh, all of his friends were like, this is you. You need to just write <laughs> this character as an Iranian American. And he was like, okay, like, you know, even if this book doesn't sell, at least I wrote my debut novel the way that I wanted to. 
So yeah, yeah, it's an own voices book, and、uh, I've heard great things about it. I'm sure it'll sell just fine. I think that's that's the biggest thing with like Asian American creators that we've worked with in as part of collaboration is this like the imposter syndrome of like I don't deserve to be here or like everyone else is better than me.、Yeah. But the thing is like everyone else is thinking that too, and if you're not gonna- everyone, there are some people who have <laughs> privilege. Let's not forget. All right. Fair enough, but if you're good enough to get a book deal, you're good enough to, for people to read. So, yeah, congrats on the book book birthday. Is that is that the correct literary term? Yeah, book、it? birthday. <laughs> um, it's out now, so、uh, check it out. Um,、uh, next up is "Call Me Zebra" by Azarine Vander Villiet Alumi. Um, pardon if I pronounce that name a little wonky. And it released on February sixth.、Uh, published by Houghton Mifflin Harcourt.、Uh, Zebra is the last in the line of anarchists, atheists, and autodidacts. When war came, her family didn't fight. They took refuge in books. Now alone and in exile, Zebra leaves New York for Barcelona, retracing the journey she and her father made from Iran to the United States years ago. When Zebra meets Ludo. Their connection is magnetic, and their time together fraught. They push and pull their way across the Mediterranean, wondering with each turn if their love or lust can free Zebra from her past. And next, we have "The Prince and the Dressmaker" by Jen Wang, released on February thirteenth, published by First Second. Prince Sebastian is looking for a bride, or rather, his parents are looking for one for him. But Sebastian has a secret. At night, he wears daring dresses and takes Paris by storm as the fabulous fashion icon, Lady Cristalia. Sebastian's secret weapon and best friend is the brilliant seamstress Frances, one of the only two people who know about his alter ego. But Frances dreams of greatness, and being someone's secret weapon means being a secret. How long can Frances defer her dreams to protect a friend? I keep slipping from like Frances to Frances. I've heard both. Sorry. I mean, how how does has the author weighed in on the correct pronunciation? I don't know, but this is a graphic I mean, novel. I think it's whatever's in your head. Yeah, this is a graphic novel. <laughs> I I believe.、Um, I saw Maureen Gu recommend it on her Twitter. So yeah, yeah I seems interesting. I really do want to read it.、Um, next up is the Lost Girls of Camp Forevermore by Kim Fu, released on February thirteenth, published by Houghton Mifflin Harcourt. Nita, Kayla, Isabel, Dina, and Shobin arrive at Camp Forevermore in the Pacific Northwest, where their days are filled with swimming lessons, friendship bracelets, and camp songs by the fire. Filled with excitement and nervous energy, they set off on an overnight kayaking trip to a nearby island. When group leader Jan falls ill, the girls are forced to traverse the island's dense woods seeking rescue and must contend with the elements and one another. This sounds like my worst nightmare. I hate camping, and the thought of being stranded in the middle of nowhere.、Uh, It terrifies me. I mean, I think we can compare what the girls do in this book to like what the boys did in、uh, Lord, of Lord of the Flies. I'm sure the girls will make it out way better than the boys did. <laughs> <laughs> well, they're also not stuck on like. No, they're still like, stuck on an island, right? Yeah, yeah, they are. Okay. This is like the、um, premise of the new Lara Croft、uh, movie. So maybe、uh, they'll be. If there is another one, maybe they'll become Tomb Raiders. <laughs>、uh, next up is "Song of a Captive Bird" by Jasmine Darznick, released on February 13th. Published by Ballantine Books, Darznick's novel retells the life of Iranian feminist poet and director Faro Faroxad. All throughout her childhood in Tehran, Faro is told that Iranian daughters should be quiet and modest, but she always finds ways to rebel, mainly through writing poetry. 
Forced into a suffocating marriage, Faroe runs away and falls into an affair that fuels her desire to write and to achieve independence. Her poems are considered both scandalous and brilliant. She is heralded by some as a national treasure, vilified by others as a demon influenced by the West. But the power of her writing grows only stronger amid the upheaval of the Iranian Revolution. And that is Song of a Captive Bird by Jasmine Darsnick. Cool. Um, next up is Blood of a Thousand Stars, um, the second book of the Empress of a Thousand Skies duology by Rhoda Beleza. Um, releases next week on February 20th, published by Razorbill. This is the sequel to Empress of a Thousand Skies that we read for, was it November? I think it was November. Yeah, for our book club. Um, so I've actually received an arc for this book, so I'm excited to uh, check it out and I'll report back to The thrilling you. conclusion. Yeah. Um, Nero, who has seized control of the galaxy, seeks the Overrider, technology that mines memories, erases history, and controls populations by mind control. But standing in his way are Re, the acting empress of the Tan dynasty, Ali, former reality star and framed assassin who seeks revenge and to kill Nero, and finally Kara, who is hoping to find the Overrider to save the galaxy and erase the princess she once was. Um, so yeah, excited to see where that story leads. And um, I'll... It, it- because in the first book, it alternated POVs. So does that mean that in this book, it alternates into three POVs? Um, I've only read the first two chapters so far, and right now it's between Re and Kara. But I'm guessing it will go to Ali, too. Yeah. So probably like probably. Three, three points of view. So Ali you know. is my boy. <laughs> he was my favorite character in Empress of Thousand Skies. That's because Re was the worst. <laughs> Maybe she gets better. Uh, next up is All the Names They Used for God by Anjali Sachdeva, I'm sorry if I've mispronounced it, uh, releases on February 20th, published by Spiegel and Grow. Anjali Sachdeva's debut collection spans centuries, continents, and a diverse set of characters, but is united by each character's epic struggle with fate. A workman in Andrew Carnegie's steel mills is irrevocably changed by the brutal power of the furnaces, a fisherman sets sail into overfished waters and finds a secret obsession from which he can't return. And an online date ends with a frightening, inexplicable disappearance. So this is a collection of short stories. Oh, sounds interesting. Um, next up is The Serpent's Secret by Sayatani Dasgupta. Um, releases on February 27th and published by Scholastic. Um, Kiran is an average sixth grader living in Parsippany, New Jersey. That is, until her parents mysteriously vanish later that day and a rakash demon slams through her kitchen. Turns out there might be some truth to her parents' fantastical stories, like how Kiramala is a real Indian princess and the wealth of secrets about her origin they've kept hidden. After meeting a pair of Indian princess, who insist that they're there to rescue her, Kiran travels to the kingdom beyond the seven oceans and thirteen rivers in an effort to rescue her parents. So this is a middle grade novel, and the cover looks super fun. I think YA novels should really step up their game with covers because middle grade <laughs> novels have fantastic covers. Uh, but it sounds like a fun read. Yeah, Scholastic. That reminds me of those book club newsletters we used to get in like elementary school. Oh, yeah. Um, if you order like $10 worth of books, you get a slap bracelet. I don't remember that. Oh, I'm dating myself. <laughs> uh, next up is A Girl Like That by Tanaz Bathina. Releases on February 27th, published by Farrar Strauss Giro Books for Young Readers. Again, I apologize for any mispronunciation. 16-year-old Zarin Wadia is many things. A bright and vivacious student, an orphan, and a risk taker. 
She's also the kind of girl that parents warn their kids to stay away from, a troublemaker whose many romances are the subject of endless gossip at school. So how is it that 18-year-old Porus Demasia has only ever had eyes for her? And how did Zarin and Porus end up dead in a car together, crashed on the side of a highway in Jeddah, Saudi Arabia? When the religious police arrive on the scene, everything everyone thought they knew about Zarin is questioned. And as her story is pieced together, told through multiple perspectives, it becomes clear that she was far more than just a girl like that. Wow. Yeah, it goes places. Wow. That's just from the book jacket. I'm really curious. <laughs> um, That's it for our new releases yeah, of February. This um, is definitely not every single book that came out uh by an Asian or Asian American <laughs> author, but yeah, as always, if there are any other books that you know of that we missed, um, go ahead, um, feel free to um, let us know and let the group know on our Goodreads forums. Um, that's what they're there for. Um, uh, but let's get on to some book news. Um, there's quite a bit of new um developments in the Asian American literary world, and um, also just the literary world, yeah. Um, so the first piece of news is uh. So I've been seeing, I've been catching this on Twitter in between my Olympic watching. So I obviously, <laughs> I obviously don't know all of the details, um, but I will tr- do my best to summarize what's happened. Mm-hmm. So the Me Too conversation in the publishing world reached new heights following the publication of children's author Anne Ursu's article, Sexual Harassment in the children, Children's Book Industry. And uh, back in December, the author, she released a survey where she opened up a survey that people could uh, submit their experiences with sexual harassment anonymously. And uh, yeah, her her article that just came out earlier this month, or I guess earlier this week, uh, it has like a bunch of excerpts from uh, the submissions and... Um, to pull off, I'm going to pull a quote from the article, and uh, the quote is, These are the sort of events we're told to brush off. They're jokes, they're flattering, no big deal. But when you believe you are a professional and someone informs you they see you as a sex object, it can shatter your sense of self and your sense of safety. Um, so if you want to know more about uh, the, con- the ongoing conversation around this, I would definitely check out Ursu's uh, Medium article. I know that a lot of Asian American authors also uh, tweeted um, their thoughts on this as well. Yeah, I mean, it's people assume just because it's children's entertainment that it's you know obviously like shiny and innocent. Yeah, but then you have to realize that the publishing industry, like most industries in America, are run by old dudes who like. If you think about it, yeah, of course, this also happens in the in the children's world. Mm-hmm. I mean, just like, like in industries run by men, where masculinity is um, valued as a like a sign of authority, like this kind of stuff has been happening for decades, right? Yeah, and it really sucks that um, like a lot of female. Um, there's a lot of female authors in the children's book industry, and to think that like 
they are facing harassment, not just in like their workplace, but also at like conferences and book festivals, places that they have to be around their harassers. Like that's really like that's really gross to think about. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Also, I just wanted to mention that Publishers Weekly, they also reported earlier this week that among the accused harassers were uh, 13 Reasons Why author Jay Asher and award-winning illustrator David Diaz. So if you want to learn more about that, I would check out Publishers Weekly. Yeah. It's a fairly recent article, so it should still uh, be in the archive high up there. Yeah, it's happening everywhere, and it's, you know, time's up, me too. It's uh, it's all coming out, so... It's been, it's been like... Like, I was wondering when this would happen, because mm. it's been happening in every single industry where uh, people are kind of, like, like pushing back the curtains. Yeah, I mean, it's the strength in numbers, right? Now that, like, it's becoming a mainstream conversation, the stigma that it's something you shouldn't talk about is quickly dissipating, and people are are people are emboldened, which is good because um, we need we need some culture change, especially in today's yeah today's zero world. tolerance yeah. Um, next up in news is Erin Entrada Kelly was awarded the Newbery Medal for her middle grade novel Hello Universe. The story follows the serendipitous friendship formed by three middle schoolers: Virgil, a shy boy who's afraid of the dark despite believing he's too old to have such a fear; Kauri, a self-proclaimed psychic; and Valencia, who is deaf and often lonely because her schoolmates are intimidated about how to communicate with her. So, congratulations to Erin um, on the award. I heard that she was driving when she heard the news, <laughs> and she had to like repeat, like she had to ask her editor to repeat herself, and she was just like. I'm on the 95. I'm on the 95 because <laughs> she was driving <laughs> on the highway. Uh, it's a really funny story. Congratulations yeah. again to Aaron and Trotta Kelly. Uh, next up in our news is Simon & Schuster bought Rebecca Kim Wells' debut YA fantasy, Children of Ash. Uh, the story goes, uh, the description goes, Raised in the ruins of a mountain city, Marin wants nothing but a peaceful life. But when her girlfriend is kidnapped, Marin vows to, res- Marin vows to rescue her even if it means stealing a dragon from the corrupt empire. Publication is set for summer 2019. Cool. Dragons and empire. Good keywords to have in a fantasy <laughs> book. Um, Wendy Lamb Books at Random House acquired May Respicio's novel, Beach Season. Longing to get her family back to normal after a tragedy, a girl uses her love of the ocean, special effects, makeup, and Filipino folklore to create a way to help them move on. A publication is slated for 2020. Yeah, Filipino folklore. Need more of those. <laughs> uh, next up is First Second Books bought Kiku Hughes' middle grade graphic novel, Displacement. The book is a memoir-based magical realist story about a teenager who is pulled back in time to witness her grandmother's experience in World War II-era Japanese internment camps. Publication is planned for 2020. Yo, that is a middle grade graphic novel right there. Like... That is that is uh, pretty deep and pretty important. So sorry if my vocabulary is very limited. I wonder but... how they will deal with paradoxes and time travel. <laughs> That's what I'm thinking of. I've watched enough Doctor Who to say time is a ball of wibbly wobbly. Like, as <laughs> long that, as it works in is, your universe, is, it should be fine. Is that the technical term? Wibbly wobbly? Uh, yes. Um Simon Poles bought two contemporary YA novels by Kemi Don Bowman. The first novel follows a multiracial teen girl who dreams of quitting school to become a trapeze artist in, the parent, in her parents' Las Vegas circus against their wishes. 
prompting her to join a rival circus. Ooh. There, she grows close to a handsome musician and performer while untangling her family's complex past and present. Publication is set for fall 2019 and 2020. Uh, Kemi Don Bowman is the author of Starfish, and uh, I've heard great things about it, so check out her work. Yeah, capitalizing on the greatest showman buzz and talking about circuses. That was a while ago. I mean, her book's coming out in 2019, 2020. I mean, trends mean nothing. Contemporary, (laughs) yeah, okay. Candlewick bought two of Christina Suntonvet's books. Sorry if I mispronounced it. Sorry, sorry, sorry. You don't have to apologize every time. I I feel really bad. Um, her middle grade fantasy novel, A Wish in the Dark, is loosely based on Les Miserables and set in an imaginary Bangkok-like city and tells the story of Pong, a boy who escapes the women's prison where he was born only to find out that the world outside does not offer the freedom he has always longed for. Publication is set for spring 2020. And uh, Soon Tornvat's other book is a picture book, The Blunders, uh, and it's titled The Blunders, A Cautionary Counting Tale. And it's a retelling of the international folktale, The Fools Who Did Not Count Themselves. The book follows 10 blunder children who fear telling their mother when they think they've lost one of their siblings. Publication is set for 2019. That sounds cute. <laughs> I mean, I'm interested in the uh, middle grade fantasy novel that is based on Les Miserables. That sounds, yeah, that also sounds cool. Yeah, it sounds really, really cool. And a Bangkok-like city, like mm-hmm. in... Uh, I know, we haven't really seen a lot of like Southeast Asian fantasy settings, so... And our last piece of news... Yeah, finally, the Asian Pacific American Librarians Association announced the winners and honorees of the 2018 APA Award for Literature. Um, the winners for adult fiction are The Leavers by Lisa Ko, uh, with the honoree being The Refugees by Vitan Nguyen. Um, the winner for adult nonfiction is Asian Fail, Narratives of Disenchantment and the Model Minority by Eleanor T, um, with the honoree being The Long Afterlife of Nikkei Wartime Incarceration by Karen M. Inouye. And the winner of the YA category is It's Not Like It's a Secret by Misa Sugiara. And the honorable mention is Saints and Misfits by S.K. Ali. For children's literature, it's Step Up to the Plate, Maria Singh by Uma Krishnaswamy. Uh, and honorable mention goes to Scylla Lee Jenkins, Future Author Extraordinaire by Susan Tan. And for the final car- category, uh, it's picture books. The winner is A Different Pawn, written by Balfi and illustrated by Tibui. Uh, and the honorable mention is The Neon Monster, written by Andrea Wang and illustrated by Alina Chow. So congratulations to all the winners and honor- yeah. honorable mentions. The Neon Monster is actually pretty timely because that's the monster that comes around during Lunar New Year. Oh, really? That's so why you um, leave the lights on to ward them away. Lovely. Yeah, yeah lovely bedtime story for, for <laughs> children out there. The Neon Monster, because Neon means year. So it's the year monster. It's the New Year monster. That's how it was explained to me. Um, if you have your own cool. folklore you want to share, um, please do on our Goodreads group. Uh, again, it's also where you can share your thoughts on our February book club pick, um, Everybody's an Alien When You're an Alien Too by Johnny's Son, um, which is a really fun book. Um, how far have you gotten? I have not started because really? of the Olympics. <laughs> oh, well, good thing it's a pretty – I got through half the book in like an hour, so – it's a pretty, pretty sweet read. Yeah, I, I, like a lot of our members already finished it and yeah. shared their thoughts on our Goodreads forums. It's super cute. <laughs> um, it might be a while because uh, this week, oof, figure skating. You got, you got your men's competition, you got your women's competition, and, and then, then you got your ice, ice dancing. dancing. 
Um, but if you have already finished our February book club pick, we have our March pick, and that's "What Lies Between Us" by Naomi Munawira, and it's a mystery novel, from what I've been told, and it takes place in Sri Lanka and Canada. Not sure if it's Canada or America, <laughs> but um, yeah, it's like a murder mystery. Uh, crime novel, so awesome! A different change in pace for us. Yeah, looking forward to cracking that open after we finish um, our February book. Um, and on that note, that'll do it for this episode of Books and Boba. Hope you guys are all enjoying um, Johnny Sun's picture book. Hope you guys are all enjoying the Olympics. If you have thoughts about figure skating or just want to keep up with all the updates, check out Reba's Twitter feed because my Twitter feed has just been all like yeah. <laughs> hashtag figure skating, and I feel really bad for like spamming other people's Twitter feeds. Not but they can just mute it. So I mean, right now you can't like everybody's Twitter feed is all about the Olympics, so. Mm. It's not. It's it's not just you. It's not just you. Um, but thanks again for compiling all the news um, for our news episode. And thank you all for listening to the Books and Boba podcast. We really appreciate it, and we'll see you next time. Hey, bye. Bye. This episode of Books and Boba was hosted by Marvin Yue and Mira Yu, and edited by Marvin Yue. Books and Boba is a proud member of the Potluck Podcast Collective, a collective of podcasts featuring unique voices from the Asian American community. If you like Books and Boba, you might also like Saturday School, a pop culture history podcast hosted by journalist Ada Sang and film scholar Brian Hu, who highlight and discuss classic Asian American films. You can catch Saturday School and the other great programs of the Potluck Collective by going to the website www.podcastpotluck.com.